paper and sit down and get ready to have a Bible study with me. Evangelist Len Paxton, I love you and I look forward to you. Praise the Lord and welcome to the Len Paxton teaching series again this week. I am thrilled that you have tuned in to study the Word of God with us once again. Praise the Lord. I mean, there's no better endeavor that you can engage in than studying the Word of Almighty God. Now, last week we began a message, really. It's not really a teaching as, as so much as it is a clarion call from the Lord to return to the mighty power of the baptism in the Holy Ghost in our hearts, lives, and churches. We want to do part two of that message this week. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me once again to the book of Acts, chapter 2. I'm going to try to do a little bit of explanation on the first four verses this week in this message. Um, you know, as I said last week, uh, before we read our scripture here, uh, the greatest need in, in our world today is to have Holy Ghost revival. To have a true, genuine move of God. Not a false move. Not a move... That, that, that caters to the flesh, that panders to the flesh, not a move like we're seeing in Florida where all types of weird occultic things are happening that's not of God. But we need a true, genuine move of the Holy Spirit. And I told you last week, one of the earmarks, the chief earmark of a genuine move of God is that people will get saved. Hearts and lives will be forever changed. You know, some, some people that are getting saved at altars today, supposedly, and the, and the Lord's going to have to be the judge of that. I cannot be. Wouldn't want to be. But some of the people that are, that are getting saved today, what are they going to be doing and how are they going to be living five years from now? Did they have a genuine experience? And I contend that so many that are claiming salvation today but they have not heard the proper message of Christ and Him crucified, then how can they really be saved? Because you can only be saved because of the cross. You can only be saved because of what Jesus did at the cross. And so, being saved is so much more than walking up to the front, shaking the preacher's hand, and joining the club. Being saved will produce a change in your heart, a change in your mind, a change in your life. It's called repentance. And upon repentance, the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you and changes you. It comes in you and makes changes in your life. Now, there's a difference, though, between being born of the Spirit and going on and being baptized with the Spirit or in the Spirit. And that's what the second is what we're talking about here today. It's a subsequent event to salvation. Only Christians who are, who are uh, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You can check St. John's Gospel, I think it's the 16th chapter, and it will tell you that. Uh, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, of course we know that they were uh, in, in the temple courtyard. M many people think that this was in the upper room. It probably wasn't. It was probably in the temple courtyard. They were all with one accord in one place. Today, in, in our world today, the one place where every believer needs to be 
the one place where true unity is produced. See, I don't believe in unity at any cost. A lot of, a lot of preachers won't stand up and preach the truth because they say we got to have unity. Excuse me, I dropped my glasses. They say we've got to have unity and we don't want to disturb the unity. We don't want to break up the unity. Well, I don't believe in unity at any cost. I don't believe in unity at the cost of compromise. It says they were with one accord in one place. And today, the, the one place where every Christian needs to be is the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Christ is the place. Now, if we're walking there in that place, the cross of Christ, the finished work of Christ upon the cross, then we have a true unity being developed. A true unity. Unity is based first and foremost not on love. I know many people think that unity is based on love. No, unity is based on truth. Unity must be based on truth. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Now they were at the place of Calvary. And praise God, we're talking spiritually and symbolically here for us today. So there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. This portrays the coming of the Holy Spirit in a new dimension. All made possible by the cross, praise God. And it filled the temple. It filled all the house where they were sitting. They were probably in the court of the Gentiles when this took place. They were probably in the court of the Gentiles. Verse 3, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Oh God, we need the fire again. Give us the fire of Pentecost once again, Lord, in the name of Jesus the only record of such in the New Testament. This was the fulfillment of the prophecy of John the Baptist concerning Jesus. And you can read about that in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. They were, they, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. This refers to all who were there, not just the twelve apostles. The exact number is not known. Now verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. All were filled. The apostles were filled. The others that were there were filled. Hallelujah. This was due to the cross. You see, because Jesus died on the cross, the Holy Spirit could now come into the hearts and the lives of all believers, and the Holy Spirit comes in to abide permanently. Praise God. See, in the Old Testament, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit worked with individuals on a very limited basis. He could come and He could help in a situation and then He would go. He would come upon. But now, since the cross, due to the cross, because of the cross, the Holy Spirit comes into my heart and life, your heart and life as a Christian, and He abides there forever, permanently. Read John 14, 16. And what happens when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit was that they began to speak with other tongues. This is the initial physical evidence that one has been baptized with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Uh, it, this was predicted by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 28, 
verses 9 through 12. This was also predicted by Christ in, in uh, Mark 16, 17, John 15, 26, and John 16, 13. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, meaning that they themselves did not initiate this, but it was initiated by the Holy Spirit. As we shall see, uh, which if we were to keep reading, we will probably stop there uh, for the introductory lesson. But these were these tongues, the speaking with other tongues, and, and I speak in tongues almost every day of my life. It's not some incoherent babble. It's not some gibberish. It is a language known somewhere in the world, but not by the speaker. Okay? That's a little definition there for you that will help you if you will remember that. It's a language known somewhere in the world, but not by the, the speaker. Okay? The, the gift, the speaking in tongues that is talked about here as the initial physical evidence that a person has been baptized in the Holy Ghost, this is different than the gift of tongues in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that is the gift of tongues, one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. That is tongues for the public assembly. This is the initial evidence tongues. This is your prayer language. This is your devotional tongue. This is for your time with you and the Lord. Okay? So understand that it's two separate things. Um, let, me, let me make a statement before we go on in the remainder of our lesson today. <clears throat> the most important thing about the Holy Spirit baptism is not tongues. Don't get hung up on tongues. The Holy Spirit baptism will draw you closer to Jesus. That's the most important thing. The Holy Spirit baptism will fill your life with power. Power to, to serve God. Power to work for God. Power to evangelize. Jesus told his disciples prior to this in the second chapter of Acts, he told his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem, don't go build Bible schools, don't go build Bible colleges, don't go do anything in my name until first you have been endued with power from on high. A Christian without the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a powerless Christian. We need the baptism in the Holy Spirit in our lives today like we've never needed it before. We are coming into times. We are coming into prophetic seasons of God where we're going to need all the power of God that we can get just to make it through the days that are ahead for planet Earth. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. We can't make it with a little bit of religiosity. We can't make it with a little bit of that brill cream religion, just a little dab of do you? We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need all the gifts of the Spirit that God wants to give us. We need all of the supernatural occurrences that God wants to give us. We're coming into just such a time. And that's why I'm preaching this message for my television audience today, because it's so important. It's so important. I know your dead church might not understand it. Your dead preacher might not understand it. But I implore you to seek a deeper walk with Christ. I implore you for the days that are coming. There are hard times coming for this world. 
There are, there, are, there are prophetic times that we're living in today. Hard times are coming upon this planet. Difficult times. The Bible calls it perilous times. We're going to need the power of heaven to make it through. We're going to need to walk close to Jesus. The baptism in the Holy Spirit will help you to do that. Will help you to do that. All of this was made possible. The final point that I want to make. I've, I've talked to you briefly about the need for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I also said to you that Jesus promised that every Christian can receive. Just seek Him for it. Seek Him for it. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. And lastly, I want to talk to you. This was all made possible because of what Jesus did at the cross. You know, Jesus did not die at the cross so that the church could be weak and defeated. Jesus did not die on the cross so that multiplied multiplicities of multitudinous millions of people could go on to hell because nobody tells them about the gospel. What? You know, I don't understand Christians that don't witness. I, I think it goes back to, to this right here, that so many of them are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we are told in the Scriptures, we are commanded by Christ, our Master, our Leader. We are commanded to go into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. That's not just for the twelve apostles. That's not just for your pastor. That's not just for the ministry team. That's for every Christian to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And a witness unto Christ. Meaning that when others look at our lives... They see the work of God in us and they are curious to know uh, why are we living such good lives? Why are we living with such joy? Why are we living with such peace? Etc. and so forth. We're witnesses for Christ. We're witnesses unto Christ. And you cannot be the kind of witness that you ought to be and need to be and must be without the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It was all made possible because of what Jesus did at the cross. He died at the cross to do away with the sin problem so that we go to other people in the power of the Holy Spirit and we begin to preach the truth to them and the Holy Spirit begins to peel back the scales from their eyes to where they can see the truth and then receive the truth and they can be saved. That's the purpose of a New Testament church. The purpose of a New Testament church is not to meet together and salt one another. For what? I mean, the purpose of a New Testament church is to, to preach the truth, trusting and relying upon the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to the hearts of the people who are hearing the Word of God. See, I can't do, just, just in the coming before these cameras or standing in a pulpit, I can't do the Holy Spirit's part. The Holy Spirit has to reveal the truth of it to you. The Holy Spirit has to take these words and reveal their urgency and reveal their truth to your heart and life. I can't do His part, but I must do my part. I must do my part. I must preach it. I must tell it. Even at the risk of alienating parts of my audience that don't believe it this way. And as I said on last week's program, I just I challenge you. Whatever denomination you're a part of, ever how you believe it, if you want to walk close to Jesus, 
If you want to walk in the power of God in your life, if you want to walk living a crucified life, living unto Christ and by His mighty power, ask Him for it. And I believe 100% that if that describes you and you ask Him for those things, He will lead you into the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He will lead you. He will pull back the scales from your eyes and He will show you the truth about what we're talking about here tonight. Again, in, even in two 30-minute programs, it's impossible to, to really teach a lot about this subject. But it is a great need in the church today. I'm sick and tired of dead preachers <coughs> preaching dead sermons to dead congregations. I'm tired of churches that have hidden the altars in the basement. I'm tired of churches where they pass out the program at the door and they never deviate from it. They never give the Holy Spirit opportunity to move on hearts and lives. It isn't right, folks. It will not get us through the dangerous days that are ahead. We need a revival. We need the power of God. We need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need power from on high. We need to draw closer to Jesus. Closer than we've ever drawn before. There's a phrase that God gave me a while back through a wonderful minister of God, a prophet of God named David Wilkerson. And the, the, the phrase is this, we must drive out all unbelief in the coming days. Now let me say that again. We must drive out all unbelief, all unbelief in the coming days. If there is a spirit of unbelief working on your heart and life as it pertains to this message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would pray right now for that spirit of unbelief to be rebuked from your presence. Holy Spirit, open the spiritual eyes of my brother and my sister that might be watching me right now. Show them of our great need, our only hope. Show them of Christ and Him crucified. Show them of the mighty power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the only thing, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to rescue this nation. The, the, the church on the corner that compromises with the rainbow coalitions of our day will not help our nation. The church that sits on the corner that preaches a social gospel and no lives are changed, no hearts are stirred, nobody's moved by the mighty power of God, that will not help our nation. Our nation is in desperate need of revival true Holy Ghost revival. That's what will save this nation. Where our lives are changed by the mighty power of God. Where drunkards are made sober. Where prostitutes are made pure. Harlots are made holy. Where the drug addicted are set free by the power of God. That's what we need. When those who are grappling with fears and torments are set free by the mighty power of God. That's what we need in our land today. In our world today, it's the only hope for America is the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Church, we must get back to that message. We must get back to that message. You can hold 
all the seminars you want to hold. You can have all of the the uh, worship services you want to have, and that's good and proper. You ought to have it. You ought to have worship services where believers get together and lift up the name of Christ. Absolutely. But you also need to be witnesses. You also need to be down at the mall sometimes passing out tracks. Yes, you do. You also need to be a witness on the job. You also, young people, need to be a witness for Jesus Christ in your school. You need the baptism in the Holy Spirit to give you the power to effectively do that. This is so on my heart today. For these last two weeks, this has been so much in my heart. You're not listening at a professional evangelist. I, I'm totally unconcerned about popularity. I'm, I'm totally unconcerned what people think or say. It's so in my heart to call you, to urge you, to plead with you, walk close to Jesus in these last days. If you're going to survive, you're going to have to do it. And I pray that these last two weeks maybe has set off a spark in your soul. Maybe it's penetrated something. Maybe as a child you went to a church like this. And maybe you've gotten away from it. And it's been a long, long time since you've heard anyone talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want to have a word of prayer with those of you in my audience tonight that are Christians. You're born again. You're washed in the blood. And you would say to me, Brother Paxton, I want to go deeper with God. I want more of God. I want to walk closer to Jesus Christ. We're going to pray right now for you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, by faith, Jesus said that if you ask Him for it, He will give it to you. So right now, wherever you are, you don't have to be in a church. Right there in your living room, your motel room, your place of business, wherever you're getting this program right now, if you will, by faith, reach out to God and ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, He will do it. And I'm going to speak a, prayer, a word of prayer, and at the end of that prayer, I'm going to say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. At that moment, you're going to receive. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, in your innermost being, you're going to hear, you're going to sense words that comes from heaven. Down on the inside of you, words from the Holy Spirit. Just speak that out. See, the Holy Spirit won't do the speaking. You have to do the speaking. But He will give you the utterance. The Scripture says, He will give you the utterance. And just freely, Speak it forth, what God gives you. Are you ready now? Are you ready? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each one in my television audience right now, each hungry heart, each thirsty soul that wants to walk closer with you, Lord, that wants to have a touch from heaven afresh and anew today. Father God, I pray that you will fill each one of these precious souls each one of these seeking, hungry souls with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I pray right now for it in the name of Jesus. And I speak to every one of you that are focusing right on the Lord right now, just desiring to walk closer to Him than ever before. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Now, right now, you're going to you're going to hear those words coming up in your inner man. Just begin to speak them out. Londre la bashonda robusanda robuche. Londre katisa tolobori katarabasanda. Father, in the name of Jesus, baptize every man, every woman, every boy, every girl with the precious power of the Holy Spirit tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Write to us.